Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, again, if you've got your copy of, of God's Word, if you would turn to Philippians um, chapter, we're going to be looking this morning at uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 is going to be our main text. Um, and then we may uh, hit a couple of others as well. So find um, your place in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 as we look at this everlasting peace amongst the bustle. I want to start off this morning by reading the lyrics of uh, the Christmas carol, Silver Bells. It says, City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children are laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner, you'll hear silver bells, silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling, hear them sing. Soon it will be Christmas Day. Strings of streetlights, even stoplights, blink of bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crunch, see the kids bunch. It's Santa's big scene. And above all the bustle, you'll hear silver bells. Silver bells, it's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling, hear them sing, soon it will be Christmas Day. I heard several of you this morning talking as we kind of came into the sanctuary about how crazy it's been this past week and how crazy it's going to be this next week and how you don't have time for this and you don't have time for that. And it seems like every year it's the same old story. And so I think at, at, at this time of year, especially when we reflect on peace and if, when we reflect on trying to find peace in the, in the, amongst all of this, I reflect on this song that, that reminds us that, that this time of year is so busy and, 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 and the question of will we stop to hear these, these bells, to really reflect on what the time and the reason for the season is all about. You know, this is obviously a, a very secular song. There's nothing Christian about it. But the message, I, I think, challenges us even today when we think about peace because we think about every year making this pledge that this is going to be the year I'm not going to get carried away. I'm going to do my shopping early. Uh, I think last year my mom, before Thanksgiving, I think she had almost all her shopping done. And yet, a couple of days before Christmas, she was ready to pull her hair out. It seems like every year, no matter what we do, we find ourselves feeling overwhelmed at the holiday. And I wonder if that's what the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ is supposed to be remembered for being. A holiday that gets rushed through and hurried through. We rarely follow up on this promise to make this reason the 
the true reason for the season. Even if for one Christmas we allowed ourselves to put aside the commercial for the sacred, as soon as life begins in January, I have no doubt we would return to our chaotic ways. We would revert to the busy bustle that leaves us stressed and anxious. So on an Advent Sunday in which we celebrate the peace of Christ and the peace that He brings to the world, let us look intentionally at some Scripture that undoubtedly, I'm sure, has been a favorite of of many of us. Look again, if you will, at Philippians chapter 4. We're looking at verses 6 and 7. It says here in God's Word, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. According to the AADA, the American Anxiety Disorder Association, the anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S. It affects over 40 million adults in the U.S. over the age of 18. And that's not even accounting for the young folks today that are experiencing anxiety Let's face it, we are a people who are entirely way too anxious and stressed out. Would you admit this morning that that our country is uh, a little too far on the, the end of the spectrum when it comes to anxiety? We worry about our jobs, we worry about our futures, our finances, our children. I mean, I can remember when I was growing up, You just had to get it in college. Now you have to go a step further and get your master's degree. It just seems like every generation there is passed on a sense of anxiety and stress to to make it, to be challenged, to, to come out on top. We worry about sometimes the most unextraordinary things. We worry about what we're going to cook tonight. We worry about where we're going to eat when Brad's done preaching. We wonder about all kinds of things. I'm sure right now you're having a hard time shutting your mind off and focusing on God's Word. Before we can experience everlasting peace, Paul makes an appeal for us to be anxious about nothing. He doesn't say worry about the most important things in life. See, that's something I think... Sometimes we we say we need to learn, we need to have a perspective to to know what we should focus on, what we should worry about. That's not what Paul's saying here. He's saying worry about nothing. Let nothing worry or cause you anxiety. The Greek phrase meta and meriamate literally translates take no thought for your life. So Paul says take no thought for your life, worry not. It's it's the same appeal that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, when he told his followers to not worry about their lives. He tells them to look at the birds of the air and the and the, the lilies of the field, and he says, How much does your father in heaven care for them? How much more will he carry for the most prized of his possession? 
humankind. Jesus points out that God will take care of us. Now I've heard the statistics before that say that less than 8% of our worries and anxieties are over things that we can actually control. So imagine that. 92% of our worries and anxieties are outside of our control. In other words, are done for nothing because we can have no impact on them. And so the appeal to not be anxious is more than keeping us from panic attacks, stiff necks, and ulcers. Anxious thoughts pull us apart. They tear us to pieces. I think Jesus told His his followers, to to be anxious about nothing. And Paul here as well, because they realize that when you become anxious people, you become immobile people. People unable or unwilling to move. To take a a step, to take a challenge, to take a risk. Because you're always worried about the flip side. Have you ever been in your house late one night and, and, and you think you hear something? You just know you heard someone in the next room and you, and you, you sneak around each, each uh, wall and maybe even grab your baseball bat or if you're Lee Queen, your pistol. Um, and, and, you're, and you're just you're hunting through the house and you're just, and then you realize it's nothing. Maybe it's the dog or the cat. Maybe you realize it's just the house creaking. My mom and, and, and my dad are actually keeping Molly for the next week or so. It was just easy to go ahead and just take her and leave her there while we're traveling. And so, uh, and so my mom was talking about uh, how much they bark at night. And so when you put several dogs together, it becomes too loud. And so she didn't know what she would do. And so uh, I have, when I stay there, a lot of times I'll go take her and put her out, out in the, the storage room and lock her up there at night. And we got a nice little warm place. And, and I told him, I said, you know, you can do that. It's, I, I know it, it's a little asking a little much. And if it is too much, I understand. But, uh, but I think she'd be fine. And, and my mom says, well, somebody might get me. And, and, of course, my mind's like, how is anybody going to know that at 11 o'clock at night, you're walking down there? And I said, if somebody's spying on you that much, I'd worry a little bit more than if they're going to get you when you go let the dog put the dog up. But that's me. But you see how irrational sometimes our our anxieties, our fears, the things that make us immobile, things we cannot control, things that to someone else just seem laughable. We put ourselves in states of anxiety because ultimately we have a fear of the unknown. We fear what we cannot see. We fear what we cannot know for sure. We become anxious in these moments because we lack the trust and faith that you are safe and secure in whatever bubble you've created for yourself. Ultimately, anxiety is faithless. And more often than not, it's fruitless. At its core, being anxious is really about not wanting to let go of control. Trusting that someone else has your best interest at heart. It's about wanting to see what's at every turn and know how and when it will affect you. 
When we subject ourselves to anxious thoughts, we are not allowing ourselves to trust that God will provide. We are saying that His Word to provide eternal security is of lower value than that which concerns us here and now. Every now and then I'll come across someone who just seems to have a carefree attitude. And almost always it's, it is connected with their security and knowing that if something were to happen, they know where they're going. They know it's settled. They know they don't have to worry about what's at every turn and, at, and at, around every corner because they know the end of the story. Well, what creates some the ability to have that mindset and others not? Again, I argue that it comes from a place of control. It comes from a place of wanting to make sure that we have our hands on the steering wheel. When we live our life in a constant state of anxiety, we become, as I mentioned before, immobile. We never take risks. We never take chances. We don't open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us through life's mysteries. One of my favorite Christmas stories is the Polar Express. I've watched it a couple. I haven't watched it all the way through this season, but I've watched bits and pieces on uh, ABC, 25 Days of Christmas. And... Uh, I was watching it the other night, and then again, I came to the, the part, part towards the end where, where each child in their own way was having to, to have a level of faith, a level of belief. The, the story is more about faith and belief than it is about Santa Claus and where he is and who he is. The young boy at the, the very end who has been left all alone for so many years and has been abandoned, has to trust that these new friends he's made will be there for him. And then, of course, the main character of a story has to trust that finally his belief will, be, will pay off and he'll hear that bell ring late into his years. As Christians living non-anxious lives, we should be taking the appropriate risk where God wants us. Trusting that His plan for our life is more than some dreamed up idea, but rather a deliberate attempt for the Holy Spirit to fulfill great purposes through our lives. God's plan for everlasting peace includes us as instruments of peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. And we cannot become peacemakers if we are constantly living in a state of anxiety, not allowing God to take control of our thoughts and our actions. Now Paul points out that the, the fastest and most effective remedy of anxious thoughts is rightfully a thankful heart, a grateful heart. The text tells us that with thanksgiving we are to present our request to God. 
See, Thanksgiving allows us to put into perspective what we are facing and to acknowledge that, that where we find ourselves with the ability to be anxious or not is in a place of being ultimately blessed. In a place much better than if we were left alone. Again, it's, it's by recognizing our eternal security in Jesus Christ that any of us would ever get to a place where we feel confident enough to say that we are thankful for where we find ourselves in the midst of chaos and bustle and busyness and a place to be used by God, to be His instrument. But if that's not enough... The second phase of experiencing peace or, or way to experience peace is to humbly approach God and present our request to Him. I don't know if I've shared this story with you guys before or not. I'm, I'm not I can't remember if I did. It's been a while. But I, the, the day I went to ask for Sarah's hand in marriage to her father... We, in all the places in little old Washington, North Carolina, we ended up in the cemetery. <laughs> yep, that's where I asked Sarah's hand in marriage. We were hitting golf balls. He had a golf club in his hand. I'm in a cemetery, and I have the nerve to ask, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? Now, if that doesn't put the fear of God in you, I don't know what might. Also, I don't know that anyone knew where we were because they were out shopping. We were supposed to be at the golf course, but we decided not to. We went to this cemetery to hit golf balls. The humility that I had to take, the, the place that I had to take, the position, at least for that moment, it reminds us a little bit of who we are and and who up until that point she belonged to. She belonged to her, her parents, and at least from a societal perspective. And so when we approach God, we are to approach Him in a similar fashion, knowing who we are, knowing our place, knowing that, that we are not the ones that are supposed to be on the, our hands on the driving wheel. He is the one that is supposed to be directing and guiding our lives, driving our the vehicle of our life. The text is not telling us to go and present our demands to God, but rather to present our request, to petition Him, which means to, to ask, but rather that we petition God with the acknowledgement of the respect that is owed. We trust that the person we present those requests is in control. In order for us to reach a place where we can receive the peace of God, we have to get to a place where we are constantly turning to God for the answers. We've got to be giving Him our burdens, our anxieties, our faithless thoughts. And then, as the text says, we'll understand this peace. But notice that this peace is not spoken about as some quality or, or blessing that God gives. It's, it's more than just a state of being. It's more than just a feeling of calm. The peace in this text is the very presence of God. 
Verse 7 says that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, the very nature of God is peace. God is, was, and will always be peace. And that is why there can be peace on earth and goodwill to man when Jesus, the Son of God, was sent. And one of the ways we know that peace is more than a feeling or relief from anxiety is because it surpasses, as the text says, all understanding. If you take both of these verses in context with one another, what you come away with is a simple but profound belief that the peace of God is an inward satisfaction with God's will and plan for our lives. It's that simple. Resolving yourself to live according to His purpose not ours. What can you imagine that is more peaceful than knowing the final outcome of a life lived by the Spirit of Christ Jesus? The Scripture concludes with this idea of us being guarded by Christ. So if we are in a relationship with Jesus, then He will guard our hearts and we have nothing to worry about. We only have our hope and salvation and our purpose in God's plan to live. And that should be enough. It's important this Advent season to stop amongst all the bustle and seek this peace of God, this presence of the transcendent. Are you listening for silver bells or are you distracted by the clutter and the noise of a holiday? Because it can be loud. What I'm asking ultimately is are we listening to the still small voice in the midst of the chaos of our busy lives so that we can experience this inward peace that God is in control? He deserves our trust and respect. So petition Him this morning to take away any anxious thoughts and allow the peace of God to guard you through this season and every season that we might experience here on this earth. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, it's an easier prayer to pray than a life to live. A prayer for peace. It seems like something that we list among all the hopes and attributes, character traits we, we desire. And yet what we've come to understand from your text this morning is that the peace of God is is more than, than a state of being. It is a presence. A presence that if we are willing to allow to take over control of our lives, leads us and guides us and makes every decision for us. 
The reason that we can take the anxiety, the burden off of the decisions that we make when we live a life that is rooted in the peace of God is that we're not making them. Suddenly, it's not up to us. It's up to you. If we're willing to follow, if we're willing to humble ourselves and to acknowledge who you are and who we are, we can begin to accept the peace that you desire to unveil for us. And then as your word says, we can become peacemakers, those that share the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. A life that is anxious about nothing and rather resolved about everything, knowing that the end of the story is already written, that our salvation, that our hope is in a life that we have not lived yet. A life found in Jesus Christ when eternity takes over and this life ceases to be. Why would any of us, knowing that truth, spend another moment focused on the here and now, on the anxieties that clutter and deafen us each and every year. Thank you, Lord, for sending us the peace found in Jesus Christ. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.